What's up everyone? Welcome to another edition of The Musical. My name is Heard. We are on another Moto Music Ride today. Uh, I believe this is episode... I'm gonna go with six. I've been filming these a little out of order and a little... Um, I haven't been posting them out of order, but I have been filming them... So I guess I'm not filming them out of order. I'm filming them way ahead of when they are posting, I guess is the best way to explain it. So I think this is number six, but at any rate, man, so to think six weeks from now, this is coming out. Cool. Anyway, sorry for my existential crisis that just happened in my head. Um, today, we are going through Slate Hill and we are about to head on a road toward New Jersey. Now, those of you who know me know that I'm not a big fan of New Jersey for many, many a reason. But I will give it that there is this one really nice ride that at least gives me um, alternate places to go. So we're gonna do this today. And it will cut through uh, some nice little mountains and um, yeah, just some, some nice little views along a little river, things like that. This particular portion that I'm filming now is actually gonna be not quite urban but a little bit more of a populated area uh, and i'm going to be heading into summit new jersey maybe sussex new jersey not sure which honestly i can't remember but we're going to new jersey nonetheless um and i'll film various parts of this ride at different times this is the start of the uh of said ride so uh with that um let's talk some music so today I wanted to get back to talking about some more of my musical influences um, and musicians that I think you should know uh, if you do not. And today I have one that I'm pretty sure most of you are not going to know. So I think I got some homework for you guys for today. Uh, and today I want to talk about Roland Dines. And I'm probably pronouncing the last name wrong because I'm not French and I've never studied French. And I don't think I've ever heard anyone pronounce his name um, I've only ever seen like the videos and seen it written but Roland so given that he's French um, maybe Roland Dienz I don't know Roland Dines I'll have the name spelled out somewhere for you um, but he is a he is a classical guitarist and so right there alone is probably reason why most of you don't know him because unless you yourself play classical guitar most people don't know the classical guitar world at all um, and that I think honestly is also a big shame of it because there is some absolutely beautiful and gorgeous music in that world um, to begin with just and I believe it stands on its own under its own merits um, there, there are a lot of guitar concertos and you know guitar and strings and all that sort of stuff but the solo rep itself um, is something you should check out. So even if you just did, you know, a random YouTube search of classical guitar, you're gonna find some cool stuff. But I'd be willing to bet that pretty quickly, even on that random search, you're gonna run into Roland Dines. And there's several things that I think that I think make him um, an incredible musician, one worthy of your time. One, just his the sheer volume of music that he was able to write and perform and record and learn and all that is, is incredible. Um, he is a modern guy and he actually did just recently pass away and recently, uh, 2016 or 17, I remember 
that I was in grad school because I was moping around the guitar studio when he died. And such has been his influence on my life that I, I, that, I took that day very hard when I found out he passed. Um, and so, yeah, the, the sheer amount of stuff that he has written and contributed to the modern classical guitar um, canon is, is staggering. He's probably one of the most prolific um, composers for guitar and, um, and performers and someone that is, you know, on a lot of the high-end professional guitar recitals from other people. And I don't want to say there are few guitar composers these days, but there are few that are writing with the, um, how do I say this? There are few that write as well as him. I guess we'll just put it that way. Um, or at least whose music I have grown to love and has had such an impact on my life. Um, there are very few people who are doing that. And he he very much shied away from a lot of the modern, like, gimmicky sort of stuff. Um, and by that I just mean making random noises on the guitar or, like, hitting it in various ways and, like, doing things. And not that you can't do that well. Uh, Nikita Koshkin does that very well, I think. Um, but Dines very much is it just a tra traditional composer. Like, you could play his stuff on a piano and it would sound, you know, just as good. It's not reliant on the guitar uh, to do. There are definitely some guitaristic things that he does, and there are definitely some uh, techniques that are exclusive to guitar that wouldn't work on piano. There's bent notes and things like that, but by and large, you know, his melodies and his, his pieces are not reliant on you know, it being played on a guitar. They're just beautiful pieces of music, um, or so I think, and I, I think you would also enjoy his music. Um, so that's the first thing, one, you know, just an amazing composer, amazing musician. Um, the other really cool thing about him is that while he is a classical guitarist, he was also extremely inspired by the jazz musicians um, especially the early guys like Django Reinhardt and Stefan Capelli and a lot of the, the really old jazz canon, Louis Armstrong, you know, some of the early innovators, um, that kind of stuff. And again, while he is a classical musician, or, you know, would so be labeled by most people, he would often uh, improvise pieces on his recitals. Uh, and not only would he improvise, you know, a piece, there were, at times, he would improvise an entire concert. He would just say, like, I'm going to play this piece, you know, and it's in such and such a key, and let's just see what happens. And he would perform, and he would do that, you know. Or he would, he might start with, okay, you know, I'm going to play Nuage, uh, which is a Django Reinhardt jazz tune. Um, and he might say, I'm just going to perform Nuage and then make up his arrangement of it on the spot. Um, and I don't think there are any classical piano players who would do that in the middle of a professional classical piano recital, just say, I'm going to make up my own arrangement right now. There probably are, and I'm just too ignorant to the modern piano game to know that people are doing that. But to my knowledge, that wasn't something I ever heard any piano major ever talk about. Um, you know, and it's, it's also akin to like if you were given a trombone recital and you, you and your piano player were like, yeah, we're just going to make some stuff up and see what happens. You know, it's, you know, no one's doing that kind of thing. Um, 
So it's very cool that he would do that, not only with, you know, arrangements of pieces, but he would write stuff um, or improvise entire pieces in, in the moment, uh, which is what improvise means. He would write entire pieces, improvise entire pieces um, at the concert, I guess is what I had meant to say. Um, and I don't know if this is entirely true, so take this one with a grain of salt, but he has a piece called Tango and Sky. Um, and the side fact that I'll get into in a moment, but with the tango part, he was very inspired by um, Argentinian music, and we'll get into that shortly. But he has a piece called Tango and Sky, and, ooh, hello, Lee. Oh, you can't see it because of the green. Stupid trees, get out of the way. Mm, this lake was much more beautiful a couple of weeks ago when the stupid trees weren't on the way. Dumb oxygen. Um, piece called Tango and Sky. And the story goes that he improvised the entire piece at a concert. I think it was even like a house party. Some I had heard like he was just giving a house concert and he performed this piece and people loved it and he liked it and then he just went back and wrote it down. And now, I don't think that's the particular reason, but it's such a good piece of music. It's so guitaristic, um, it's very difficult to play. But because of all those things, it has become part of the standard guitar repertoire, which is just really cool that this, this piece that people strive you know for a long time to get every note perfect and learn all these cool techniques and do all this stuff um you know to just get it to be like a, a, a traditional classical guitar piece he was just like yeah i just played it one day and then wrote it down like it's kind of cool you know um at least i think so and having some um some background in jazz I can appreciate that even more of like, you know, while I still improvise, you know, to write an entire piece in the moment and then kind of just go back and write it down is, is still extremely, extremely impressive. Um, and so that's just one of many, many examples of pieces that he did that were like that. Um, and so I did mention that he is, he was very influenced by the Argentinian music. And in fact, he did a lot of great work to bring the music of Astor Piazzolla to the guitar community. And Piazzolla, look at this nice little field. I just like this spot, I don't know why. There's nothing really, I don't wanna say interesting, but there's nothing particular about that little field that is striking, but I just like it. Um, Astor Piazzolla is an Argentinian uh, bandoneon player, um, and he wrote some absolutely gorgeous music himself and if you don't know the music of Astor Piazzolla do yourself a favor and go check that out um, it's bandoneon and orchestra typically is what he would write for uh, or strings or orchestra at least um, I don't think full orchestra um, but because Dines was so influenced and loved that music so well he did many many arrangements of those of, uh, of those pieces by Piazzolla and so now his music has become part of the canon as well. Um, pieces like Oblivion, or maybe Oblivion, I'm not exactly sure how the Argentinians would say it. I'm gonna go Oblivion. Um, what was the other big one I was just thinking of? Oh man, oh, he's got. A, there's a lot of like Malangas and little other pieces that just, um, that Piazzolla played that are, like I said, have now become part of the canon. Um, 
and he has a lot of pieces called you know with the words tango in them or with sky and it's s-k-a-i and i was reading today i'd never actually knew what that meant um, but sky apparently and i'm again probably pronouncing that wrong because i'm not argentinian the sky apparently was actually this is a french word so it was apparently a french word for the um how do i explain it for what the gauchos would wear and the gauchos were like argentinian farmers and just like that also we are in new jersey um, so we'll get out of here as quick as we can but you know uh, we'll see some cool views at least along the way um man this looks a lot different last time i was here none of these trees were here um and by that i do mean they were just planted no uh it wasn't this green last time i was here um which is kind of cool it looks very very different um but yeah so the tango and sky thing was a reference to the or the sky word at least was a reference to what the gauchos would wear and i lost my train of thought so i'm not sure if i mentioned this but the gauchos were the argentinian farmers uh, or at least a particular type of argentinian farmers there's many many um that much i do know uh there's like the peasant farmers the gauchos and all sorts of other stuff it's a big political thing anyway um that was their that was the french word for what the gauchos would wear so i thought that was kind of cool because he has a lot of songs with the word sky in the title um and i never knew what it was so i looked that one up today um other pieces that i think you should know by dines um in addition in addition to tango and sky valse and sky the waltz and sky is another big one that a lot that has become part of uh classical guitar canon he has uh, oh that's right this section of road is terrible freaking new jersey you probably can't tell on the camera but it is a super super bumpy rocky section not rocky but just lots of little bumps the bike is kind of doing this and it's very annoying um and i always think it's the bike i always think something's going wrong but it's just the stupid road um but yeah vaults and sky is the waltz um he has three pieces called the saudage which is uh saudage i believe it's a portuguese word that means like mm, i'll probably get this wrong explaining it but it's like a, a long lost nostalgic feeling for something you can't get back i'm gonna go with is like the best way to explain it but look that one up saudage uh, but he's got they're very beautiful um one of them if i remember correctly I, I tried to learn i believe it was the third one i'm not entirely certain um but it's it's in i remember it being in b minor with a cool view to my left <laughs> um man again stupid trees there is a river down there but you can't see anything now Ugh. um yeah, the Saudage in B minor, cool tuning for one of them, so you get to utilize a lot of interesting open strings. Um, so that one may be more guitaristic, but again, the, most of the melodies are just normal, beautiful melodies. Um, he has a piece called the Libra Sonantine, which is probably his most famous work. Um, and it's in three movements, and the last movement, Fuoco, uh, which if I'm not an idiot, I believe means fire, but I, I could very well be wrong on that. Um, it it'll it usually is performed as a standalone piece like just that one movement and the story that i had heard about that was he wrote it um shortly after having a heart attack uh many many years ago at this point um i'm gonna go maybe even like mid 90s 
early 2000s, a long time ago. Um, he had had a heart attack and this piece was, the whole Libra Sonatine was kind of like uh, his way of expressing everything that he went through, both before, during, and after all of the surgeries and everything that kind of happened. Um, so I thought that was kind of cool. I didn't know that one again until today. Um, I was showing a student his works today, which is kind of why he's on my mind and why I was looking him up. I don't normally like to do research for these videos, but you know, you guys get the benefit of this one being on my mind. Um, and so the last, like I said, the last movement vocal usually performed on its own as a standalone piece, um, has some really cool guitaristic things like bent notes and all sorts of like doubled strings and, um, but again, at the, at the end of the day, still just like a beautiful melody, um, really, really kind of showcases that whole, you know, post-surgery trauma turning into like a beautiful thing. And it, it's just, it's just a fantastic piece. There were some turkeys out there. I don't know if you could see them. Um, and then what was the other one? I mean, there's just, there is so much. It's, it's like, you can't come across a dying piece. Um, any of his jazz arrangements are incredible. I will give you that. They're, they're absolutely fantastic. Um, he has a lot of versions of Nuage by Django Reinhardt. Um, he has um, just all that old French music. He has several versions of Oblivion that I've seen him perform, uh, the Piazzolla piece. So well worth kind of just looking in. And for me, I guess one of the main reasons that his music stuck with me is he was one of the first people uh, or one of the first classical guitar players that I discovered when I first got into classical guitar. Um, and I think this is something I actually had meant to mention this at the very beginning, but we'll do it now because, you know, we're here. Um, and so when I first got to college and realized that you couldn't go to college to be an electric bass player, <laughs> like you just couldn't get a bachelor's degree in that. Um, and having absolutely zero desire to learn classical upright, like just absolutely hate it. Um, I was like, well, I guess I'll play classical guitar because I can play guitar and I can go places with that. So let me do that. And so I started, obviously you got to listen to this stuff and I, you know, was really um, on the big YouTube thing. And YouTube was just becoming a thing, fortunately for me. It was like just starting off when I was in college. Um, I remember like Andy McKee's Drifting had just come out, so everyone was playing that tune as well. Um, but for, I don't know how, but Dines was one of those first people that I encountered um, and I had never ever in my life seen anything like this before. I didn't know what classical guitar was. I just know, I just knew that it was like reading music for guitar, which I could do, so I took to it pretty quickly. Like, I knew how to read music, which most guitar players, uh, especially at, like, community college, they're just, like, rock dudes who don't know how to read music, which is fair. Like, why would you? I didn't... I had never played classical guitar. Luckily, I played bass and saxophone, so I knew how to read music, so I just had to transfer that knowledge to guitar. But Dines quickly became one of those guys that I really aspired to be. Um... And like, I just really, really took to his music and that whole classical guitar community 
um, of people who were either playing his music or just um, other big names at that time. A lot of the GFA winners, guys like Marcin Dyla, um, another Frenchman, uh, Dmitry Alaryanov, the Russian guitarist, and a lot of them play his music. They play Dine's music. Um, and Dine stuff is often featured at the GFA, which is the Guitar Foundation of America. Um, things like that. Like he just, he was one of those guys that I really, really aspired to be. And just because I thought his music was beautiful, I, throughout my entire life since then, so this is, I'm gonna go 2007, maybe 2008, early 2008, somewhere in there. Um, when I discovered his stuff, I've just always listened to his music at this point. Um, it's just been a part of my life. Um, and not so much where I like, that like events are tied to it. Like with Dave Matthews, there are certain songs that have, you know, have certain events ingrained in my mind. But with Roland, it just, his music was just always there. And it was always beautiful. And it always makes me feel something, whether that is, you know, making me happy, uh, making me cry from its beauty or its sadness or whatever those things are. His music has just always been there. Um, and I don't want to say I always thought it would be, but it, it was definitely a big hit for me um, when he passed away. Because um, there had actually been some recent concerts that he'd, he'd been doing. He was still performing into his uh, old age. I believe he was early 70s. Ron Paul, President 2012. Bro, that sticker is old, my man. Um, this is what happens in Sussex, New Jersey. Apparently, we can take a right on this red. I did not think we could. But I guess we can. Um, I'm also rolling through with these New York plates. So, you know... I'm a target, if you will. Okay, we're back. Sorry about that. I had to navigate those intersections and it takes a lot of brain power to not get hit by cars when you are doing that. Um, so it's much harder to talk about music. Um, anyway, yes, as I believe I was saying, Dine's music has just been there. Um, and I, I really, really felt that loss um, when he passed away. Um, uh, because he was, oh, that's what it was. He was just giving some recent concerts and look at that beautiful lake. Dang, so cool. No trees in the way of that one, stupid trees. Um, and in fact, the, one of the concerts that he gave right before he passed, um, he had some new arrangements of nuages, uh, nuage, I should say. Uh, and he had a new arrangement of Oblivion, which was extremely difficult. Man, just crazy guitar techniques all over the place. Like, I'll, I'm, I'm not going to touch that kind of stuff in my life. Um, or the amount of hours it would take to learn it, for me, just wouldn't warrant actually going to do it. it it's just insane how hard that stuff can be and how much of a classical guitar player I'm not anymore. <laughs> um, I've tried to learn a lot of his music in my life and I never really get all that far. It gets extremely difficult very quickly. And again, whether it's a mental block or I'm just not very good, I don't know, but it, I've never been able to put together an entire piece of his. Um, I have learned a lot of his melodies um, and just kind of like played them as they are. But, um, but yeah, to, to just learn an entire piece has been very, very difficult. So um, if you don't play guitar, it might be tough to appreciate all that's going on. But if you do, you'll understand. I think you know what I'm talking about. Um, so yeah, with that, 
and that nice little tractor supply. I will leave you to it um, to go do your homework. Go check out some Dines music. Um, again, to recap, Tango in Sky, Vals in Sky, um, the Libra Sonantine, um, the Saudages would be the pieces to kind of go and check for first. Um, and then after that, just anything. And there, oh, this is the other cool thing with Dines that I will say is that because he is so modern, there are many, many, many videos of him playing his music. And I think that, ah, this was another big point that I forgot to mention because, you know, I'm running a motorcycle and can't keep my train of thought together. Um, he was one of the few guys that I was seeing that was writing and performing his own music when I first started off. He was one of the few who was doing that. A lot of guys in the classical community just perform music. They're not also composers. And a lot of the composers that I knew were all the old dead guys. And I absolutely love their music. Guys like Francisco Torrega, Fernando Sor, Mauro Giuliani, um, you know, Andres Segovia, but they were all old dead white guys. Whereas Roland Dines was someone in real time writing, performing, doing all the things that a guitarist will do. And so that was another big inspiration of like, okay, people are still doing this. It's not just a dead artful and just a huge list of guys that are, are still alive and composing and doing this, this cool thing in real time and that it's still a living community. It's not just performing music of the old dead white guys. So, all right, with that, I will leave you to go and check out some of his music. Um, I think you're gonna love it. Even if you're not a guitarist, you, I, I'm positive you will find the beauty in his works, um, especially, you know, the Saudages. He does have stuff that is not just solo guitar, so you can check into those things as well. If, you know, just listening to the classical puts you asleep, he does have, you know, um, string quartets and piano duets and things like that, so, um, yeah. Uh, for those of you watching the video, as always, I'll give you another minute or so of just the ride um, as I weave my way through New Jersey. For everyone else listening to the audio, thank you for listening, and I'll catch you next time.